folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome to Tuesday Morning Left Guard, in which Jeremiah Searles, former Minnesota Viking, has to break down a game without the benefit of having grinded the tape because it started uh, last night. We don't have the tape yet, but we're going. And you know what that means, Jeremiah? That means you get to turn the hot takes up. Mm, emotion. To, if, if, if you have something wrong... It doesn't matter because you have the excuse that's built right in that you didn't have the tape. So why don't you just start off with your instant hottest take reaction from the Vikings beating the Bears last night? The Bears will finish the season under 500. <laughs> that is that is my hot take for the Bears. The Bears will finish the season yes. under 500. That is a program that is in a heap of trouble. They are a mess. They don't know which way is up. And they're wasting what a very talented defense. Um, other hot take: Justin Jefferson is moving ah, very rapidly yes. into stardom for me because he's done it week in and week out and becoming the Vikings' most reliable receiver. I knew it. I knew you would know. get there. After um, it took me a little while. See, after two games, these reporter eyes said that's legit. And uh, Justin Jefferson has proven to be, he's gone from your blue, let's see him prove it, to your yellow, okay, he's showing me. And now I think he's in the orange, and if he continues mm -hmm. to do it all the way through the season, he's in the red. That is a superstar. Like that, yes. This is not regular wide receiver performance. Maybe Vikings fans who saw Randy Moss and then Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and now Justin Jefferson are like, oh, yeah, we just have receivers all the time that get open. Uh, but that is not how it usually works. And uh, 
that that performance last night, I mean, think about not just did he come through, but they only seem to ever want to throw him the football on third and long, which is the most difficult for a star receiver to get open. And yet he found his way open. He was smoking people. They tried to tackle him and he's shoving guys down with his other arm. And I, I think what you have here with Jefferson is the combination of a guy who just loves all the details with the routes and the releases and all those things. And then somebody who really competes his butt off. And I liked when he was getting into it with the, uh, with the bears a little bit there. I mean, it just sort of shows you like, this is, this is somebody who was raised at LSU on the biggest stages and he dominated there and he comes right in here and he plays as if he's the superstar. I'm not, not the rookie. I'm supposed to be doing this. And I, I think it's really special. He's got he's got the moxie of like the Stefan Diggs that runs around. He's got the clutch of Jarius Wright on third down, and he's got the catch radius of Kyle Rudolph. I mean, he <laughs> he, he does. He really does. And, and it's crazy to watch and see and all the crazy things that he can do, especially with the ball in his hand, because he's kind of the long strider, right? He doesn't look like he's covering or he's very fast, but he's covering ground like crazy when he's actually out there fully sprinting. So really, really cool to see him come into his own Monday night football, first hundred yard receiver on Monday night football since or rookie since Randy Moss. I think I heard them say, so congrats to him. Tats off to him. But if we think by any stretch of the imagination, we're, we're out of the woods or over the hill because we beat this bears team. I think everyone in Vikings country needs to take, take a quick, take a seat, hang on. Like, yes, we've strung a few games here together, but we've still got a lot of work to do. If the word playoffs even want to creep into your mind. Well, let's talk about uh, – let's put some of these things into buckets here of the things that yep. were great and can keep being great and the things that are problematic and could cause them another Atlanta Falcons loss and just have this entire house of cards go down. Uh, <laughs> the odds uh, – thank you. Someone sent me on Twitter the odds from 538 right now for the Vikings are 38%, which I know doesn't really mean anything. It's so you're sort saying of, there's sort a of a, a number, But there is – it has gone from about – 5% to about 15% to now in the 40% range, the biggest issue is the teams you're chasing down probably go 10 and six this year. All of them that, uh, you know, we talked about the expanded playoff situation, but if they all go 10 and six, then you've got to match that or uh, almost impossible to be better. So the odds are still not in your favor as the Vikings, even with the upcoming schedule, I'm sure that that's factored into that. But on the good side of things, the way that Kirk Cousins has been playing, what they've asked him to do is pretty much just come through on those third downs because they're handing off to Delvin on first and second. I think that that's a little disadvantageous to Kirk Cousins in general, but the way that he performed in that game last night was the best Kirk Cousins we've seen considering the opponent I don't think I've seen him be better when it's a team that's really good going against him on defense I agree I think that he played within himself which I think sometimes with the Monday Night Football the Sunday Night Football primetime games like Kirk almost feels like he has to rise to the occasion because there is so much outside pressure right you're the highest paid quarterback da, da, da. you better win these games you did you had you can't win these games like so much outside noise that I felt like he just played within himself and that's when he's the best, right? That's when Kirk is at the top of his game is when he's doing things, putting the ball in the right place, not pushing into double coverage, going to his reliable guys. I mean, and it helps when you have an emergent star like Jefferson to throw the football to. Like a sure-handed guy you're comfortable throwing the football to, you've created some more rapport, and then you have Adam Thielen who, 
made Adam Thielen things, who I didn't start on my fantasy football team, and I lost <laughs> because of that. And I lost wow. by .2 because Dalvin Cook had an extra couple of yards there at the end of the game. So not super pumped about that. Brutal. But anyways, back to it. I thought that, yeah, Kirk Cousins played super well. He played within himself. And the defense, too, I thought rose to the occasion big time as well. The defense uh, is uh, – see, when you have an offense on the other side that has no idea what it's doing – I am uh. trying to figure out how much credit <laughs> to give the defense. I know. That might be the worst offensive design that I've ever seen. I mean, it's third and 10, and they're throwing bubble screens to Allen Robinson, who is unstoppable against a defense that's playing its, what, fifth cornerback and sixth cornerback, and yet you're throwing bubble screens. Uh, it's a defensive line that has pressured absolutely no one this year, and yet you can't find – uh, an opportunity to step up in the pocket and make plays. Nick Foles overthrew balls for interceptions. He's had, got a chance at the end of the game where he steps up into a clean pocket and overthrows an open receiver that catches a touchdown if it's a decent throw and maybe wins the game for the Bears. I mean, a lot of things had to go horribly wrong on their side for the Vikings to have a good defensive performance. But I would say that... I mean, they kicked the crap out of that bad, bad Bears offense, though. It wasn't just, hey, you kind of held on for dear life against mm-hmm. the bad offense. You really uh, did exactly what you were supposed to do. I mean, I think they had a total of 124 yards of offense at one point. Like, I don't know what the exact, but it was bad. Like, it's hard to do that. Like, you have to try to be that bad in the NFL. Like, you have so many playmakers. You should be able to do things. So, yeah, credit to that defense. I'm not going to lie. My heart kind of dropped when I saw Eric Hendricks go down for a second. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. If he's hurt, like, just just pack it up and just go home. Like, if he is, he is hurt, this defense is done. Um, and then also, I mean, Harrison Smith. I can't, you can't talk enough good things about that guy. The ability that he can do, the amount of ground he can cover pre-snap, post-snap, and make the play is Troy Palomalu, right? I mean, that's the only other safety I can think to even compare Harrison Smith to. And then the other guy that I thought had a pretty good game and is starting to come into more of a rhythm on the pass rush, obviously I haven't watched the tape, but just kind of from what I watched last night was Holmes. I think Holmes is starting to figure it out a little bit understand, hey, this isn't college. I'm not just going to be able to run around everyone because I'm faster than you. Like, I'm going to have to start learning the techniques and the finesse. And that's a that's a really big – for me, Andre Patterson is a fantastic defensive line coach. He really is. He knows how to really coach defensive line. He understands how to get the most out of his guys. And so I think he's really benefiting Holmes right now of being able to get him – geared up to be another big pass rusher hopefully for this Vikings defense so good to see him come in again that was just a bad I mean obviously I think that right tackle is like their third right tackle or something for Chicago so again not great offensive line play but that's good for guys young guys to get momentum get some courage get some confidence and just say hey we can do this building off of that and hopefully you don't run into a buzzsaw later on down when you run into a hot offense Can you make any sense of what they're trying to do schematically, though? I mean, uh, they're bringing everybody uh, with the condensed sets and handing off everybody into the box. It's almost like a goal line situation in the middle of the field uh, and where it's very difficult to break out from that. Uh, With Cordero Patterson, there was no creativity whatsoever. Like this this guy, as he showed with the kickoff. Yeah, don't kick to him, by the way. Right. That's we'll get to that. Uh, (laughs) But that. But, but I mean, this is the guy who is incredibly dynamic with the ball that uh, Leslie Frazier threw him pitches in the backfield, and you saw uh, jet sweeps that you could use with him, and it was just standard handoffs, like he was your regular old running back. Like, 
I'm not sure why you do that instead of having Lamar Miller do the standard stuff and then have Cordero Patterson do the creative stuff. But there was no creative stuff at all. And some of it is Nick Foles. He gets uh, an all-out blitz. Uh, it looked like a zero blitz there at the goal line. The tight end's wide open in the middle of the field, and he just, like, throws it away. So, I mean, it was a, there were things where it was just on the quarterback entirely. But it looked to me also like Foles just didn't have answers. Like when the blitzes came, the same blitzes Mike Zimmer runs with the mug looks where he puts everybody at the line of scrimmage. Everybody in the league is taking this from Zimmer. They all do it now. And he would take the snap and be looking around like, I don't know where to go with the football. I mean, that, that just sh- should not be happening. So there was so much going on wrong there, but I also agree with you that uh, Jalen Holmes has emerged recently. Armand Watts has played better. Hercules Mata'afa got in on a few plays last night. And then the guys who are supposed to make plays make plays like Eric Hendricks and especially an amazing game from Harrison Smith. No surprise there. I made the case in the offseason, Jeremiah, that Harrison Smith belongs in the Hall of Fame someday. And I, I think he's backing it up this year because he's been as good as ever. I mean, if he can continue this, pay, I mean, yeah, he has not declined once. If anything, he's gotten better each and every year. And if he keeps his pace, I 100% think he wears a gold jacket someday. Um, I don't know how you could argue the fact that he doesn't if he keeps the same pace. He'll probably need to play for another five years if that's the case. But I think the dude can. I mean, that's not a question. But, yeah, young emergence. And, again, just schematically, you watch the Bears offense and you're just – there's no rhythm. There's no flow. The first drive, there's no script. Like, <laughs> and how much of that? Again, you got to look. Okay, how much of that is what um, Nick Foles wasn't the starting quarterback at the beginning. You mm-hmm. had your you had your boy Trubisky, and you had Nagy calling plays. Now you have Nick Foles as the quarterback, and you gave the reins over to Blazer Laser and said, <laughs> "Hey, here you go. You call plays." And so it just looks like everyone's just grasping at straws to fix things here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have dynamic guys, Allen Robinson's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Cordero Patterson's a weapon that you could use at any point. I mean, you got, I don't think Jimmy Graham had one catch last night. I mean, they're just not utilizing their tools really well. And they're just kind of banging their heads against the wall. And I don't know if that's just because they're so scared to turn the reins loose with everyone that like turnovers or what's going on. And there's like, we have a really good defense. Let's just play the field position game. But at one point in time, you got to score points. I mean, you can't win games scoring 10 points, 7 points, 13 points. Like, you got to score points. And until they can figure that out, I mean, the Bears have – I wouldn't want to be in that meeting this morning. Let's just put it that way. want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. There are many great designs. Someone on Twitter recently sent their John Randall shirt, and there's the Can't Stop the Thielen hats, the Tecmo Bowl throwback shirt, and much more. All of their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. Use the code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Soda Stick. Original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. And I don't mean to spend two weeks in a row obsessing over how bad the other NFC North teams are that the Vikings just beat, but there was not to jet motions. There was not play actions. There was, they was just line up and be bad at football for the bears. So congratulations to them on 75 years of bad quarterback play and bad offenses. Uh, it, just amazing that this franchise can never seem to figure it out. And uh, before we get to some of the things where the Vikings will need, uh, let's say improvement <clears throat> special teams, uh, 
if, if you were picking from the four NFC North teams who you'd want to be for the next five years, I mean, I know who the answer isn't, and the answer isn't the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. They are dead last. I don't know how you'd rank the others. They are dead last. And with Justin Jefferson emerging the way that he is and – Seeing Ezra Cleveland play better, I think he got whooped last night by Akeem Hicks, but... <laughs> I mean, everyone does. Everybody that does. A, that dude's a grizzly bear. Right. But the pass pro was decent. They gave Kirk time to throw on third downs. Uh, but, like, looking at the bones of what the Vikings have going forward, it is so much better than what the Bears have going for them. They're going to need a new coach. They're going to need a new quarterback. They're going to need a, a, a lot of offensive linemen. They need more receivers. There's no way Allen Robinson sticks around on that team. He's a free agent after this year. Like, they... They are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I also think, I mean, David Montgomery's a solid back, but he's nothing, he's not nothing right. But, like, yeah, you look at the bones of each NFC North team. You look at the Packers, like, okay, they got Devontae Adams. They got two pretty good young running backs. But, I mean, who do they have besides that at, at receiver? No one, really. And then Aaron Rodgers is coming towards the end. So I think the answer to your question is the Vikings. Um, if you're really looking at it, you're thinking, okay, we got Dalvin Cook locked up for a long time here. We got Kirk coming in. There's still, I think, the whole idea of drafting Trevor Lawrence and all that. That's got to start fading away as the Vikings keep winning and understanding we're going to go draft a left tackle in the first round. And then you got to look also at, okay, defensively, Kendrick's locked up. You got Harry locked up for a little while. You got Barr locked up. Like the bones for the next three to five years are everything's pointing towards Vikings reemerging as the favorite. You got Zimmer who's not going anywhere. So I think it's definitely a toss-up between the Packers and the Vikings. But, I mean, Stafford's going to be out of there soon. That whole team's kind of going down the crapper up in Detroit, too. So, yeah, everything looks promising for the Vikings, really, if you just keep pointing forward. Now the question is, can they sustain this growth, or have we reached the ceiling of our growth for this year? I think that's the big question moving forward in the back part of the season now. And that will bring me to the other way to view last night's game, which is, Oh my gosh, you left the back door, the front door, the side door, and every window open for that terrible Chicago Bears team to beat you, and they decided that they wanted to stay in the house and lose. I mean, it was incredible. You are botching extra points that leave them the potential to score on a touchdown. You are, your punt gunner is backing himself into the end zone instead of downing the ball at the one yard line. You are giving up kick returns to a guy of whom you should never kick the ball anywhere near. That is insanity. Kick it out of bounds. Give them the ball, especially that offense, right? Give give them that ball at the 40 yard line and say, you guys only have to go 60 instead of kicking the ball to that guy nine yards deep. It, I mean, he's that scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All-time best kick returner in NFL history. And the fact that he's tied for the most touchdowns with way fewer returns than some of the old-school guys uh, that used to get 40 or 50 returns a year. He gets like 15 and brings yeah. one or two back. Uh, it's incredible. And if any team should know that you don't kick it anywhere near, it's like Mike Zimmer's reaction was everyone's oh, reaction. Yeah. Just yelling at Marwin Maloof, the special teams goes, what are you doing of all the humans on this earth to give the ball to? Uh, I made the joke, and I'm not sure how kidding I am, that it, at the end of the game, 
They should have had Cordero Patterson line up 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage, had Tyler Bray snap it, throw it backwards to him, and see if he could run past everyone for a touchdown. And I'm not joking. I think that's a better play than uh, whatever the hell they were trying to do. But the point is that it wasn't just special teams' mistakes. There were, I mean, there were opportunities for them to take advantage of the Vikings' defense, and Nick Foles missed. And they also, I think, by not giving the ball to Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen more often in this game, they kept the Bears in the game by doing it. And I just, in 2020, I just think that when you're getting yourself in second and eight and third and seven, this is not an advantageous situation. And you got away with it because your receivers are amazing. But going forward, I don't think that's what you want to do. I, I agree. And I, again, I, I want to watch the tape and see how truly sold out the Bears were to stopping Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's easy to see. It looked like the safeties were at 10 yards, 11 yards on first and second down going, OK, we know you're handing it to that horse like we're going to stop that. And I, I don't think Dalvin even had like 50 yards rushing in this game. I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I think that that's what everyone's literally going, hey you're not going to beat us. Like we're yeah. not going to let you beat us. We can't because until you can prove that you can beat us another way with Jefferson and Thielen and throwing the ball 30, 40 times, like we're not doing it. And so I saw a lot of single coverage, a lot of single high safety, a lot of, I mean, Eddie Jackson's roaming around down there. You got guys all over the place. They're going, okay, where's, th- where's 33? Where's he at? Where, where, what's he doing? Swing passes. They were all over it. Screen passes. They were all over it. So this defense is kind of put a blueprint on how to beat the Vikings offense, which is shut down 33 and let's go from there. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And again, that's when we're going to have to say, Hey, Kirk, earn your money. We're, we're going to throw the football now because we got to open things back up. If we want Dalvin to continue to rush. And we talked about it last week, this, it, the rushing yards for him was not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like yep. it, it was impossible to think he was going to do that game in and game out. And we knew Chicago had a good defense. We know they were solid. They've got one of the best front five in all of football, in my opinion. So it's hard to say, okay, well they did pretty good. Like, no, they shoved it up our butts in the run game. I mean, they really did, but they sold out to do it. And we were lucky enough to convert on some of the things. So we're going to have to go back to the drawing board a little bit of how do we balance this back out instead of just being so one-dimensional in the run game. So he ended up with 96 yards on 30, oh, really? 30 carries, though. I mean, mm. that's fourth the quarter running, uh, you know, just over and over and over and over again, um, as if you've ever seen the Marshawn Lynch clip, over and over and over and over. And over, and over. And over. Yeah, that's, that, is, that is their offense. And now, in, in having this criticism, I acknowledge that the plays that Kirk Cousins is making are resulting in explosive throws all the time because they have pretty much, uh, you know, forced teams with Delvin Cook's excellence and a multitude of different run schemes and so forth, which I wrote about at the website, um, that has forced teams to pay a lot of attention to it. If you play single high against the Vikings, this has been true even, you know, back in 2017. If you played single high with two elite receivers, they're going to burn somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I think that they're barking up the right tree with the offense, and it's classic Kubiak to have your quarterback lead the league in yards per completion by going down the field a lot on play actions and things like yep. that. I just think if you if your strategy uh, has a situation that means converting a lot of third and longs to win, if the other team slows you down, that's going to be troublesome at some point. Someone else is going to do the same thing to you where they've got your number with running Delvin Cook, and it's going to be hard to go 10 for 11 with 150 yards passing again on third down. That's my point. And also, when you have explosive receivers, 
man, throw him the ball, like throw him the ball more. Justin Jefferson, what did he catch like seven and put up over a hundred yards? Like uh, I think you could give that guy the ball in any situation. You could throw him screens if you want to, as long as they're not designed by the bears, they'll work. That and I think now that you get more confidence in a guy like Jefferson and, and you see that like throw shots on first and second down. Like instead of allowing the defense to now game plan you, right? Hey, we're gonna shut down Dalvin Cook. Let's be like, okay, how are we gonna attack this defense? Right? Like let let's flip the script here and stop talking about like, okay, well, this is what the defenses are gonna do to stop Dalvin. It's like, okay, well, what is this offense now gonna do to start attacking these other defenses? Like, have a check. If it's single high, check to a pass play right mm-hmm. like have instead of just like we're gonna run our heads against the wall into this nine-man box like hey during a nine-man box check blue check green polka dot whatever and throw a go route to jefferson keep him honest right give him a 50 50 ball throw a post route to adam thielen i mean getting Irv smith back would be big you got mm-hmm. another receiving yep. threat there so i think i want to see some more deep shots on first and first and second down maybe even true dropbacks under the center five step i know that terrifies everyone I, I trust me i saw it too last night i saw <laughs> kicks i saw him pushing the middle of the pocket i saw it too but that's all right if you can continue to grow in the big passing game we talked about last week the intermediate passing game on early downs it's going to open things up for not just we're not talking about just three and outs like i want to talk about the third the third first down and now your defense is completely on its heels it has no idea what's coming and then you can start making the big plays you can do the counter plays the inside zone plays the jet sweeps all that fun stuff but I th- I agree with you. Put the ball in the playmakers' hands and let them do something special with it, like the Bears were trying to do with Cordero Patterson. But again, you got more weapons than the Bears do, so yep. use all of them. Uh, let's talk about Mike Zimmer for a second. You have some insight into this, with having mm-hmm. played for Mike Zimmer for several years. And uh, you said a few weeks ago when they were one in five. This is not a tanking team. Mike Zimmer will coach his butt off. He will not let this team fall apart. And I believed you because I've seen it happen. I mean, this Mm -hmm. team often bounces back from the hardest times. And he's always done that really throughout his career. When you go through and you look at any time that his defenses were down, they bounce back up the next year. Uh, The one time he was in Atlanta with Bobby Petrino, what a disaster that whole thing (laughs) turned out to be. Um, And yet, you know, he bounces back with Cincinnati. It's like his nature to just keep fighting and I think that we're seeing what the value is when you have a good coach like there's a threshold that you reach where it is a net positive to have that person coaching your team and then we see on the other sideline where it is a net negative there's probably a lot of guys in the middle there's a couple of guys at the very top that make you better Sean McVay makes you instantly better every single year his team was terrible last year they go nine and seven and Zimmer is right in that ball park where him being your coach means you're going to win as many or more games than you deserve to win that year. 100%. I mean, Zimmer's in the elite coaches. You talk, there's elite, there's middle of the road, and then there's just plain bad. And I think Zimmer is up there with the elite of the coaches because of his ability to just, I mean, he's never going to stop coaching. That dude's all ball all the time. I mean, I think he wakes up in the middle of the night and, like, starts drawing blitz screams and then goes back to sleep. Like, that's just how his mind works. And so, yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. You talk to guys that are like, you know Zim. I mean, Zim don't care if you're 1-8, and eight, you're 8-0. Eight oh. He coaches the same way, and it's hard and balls out coaching. And it's weird people think, like, oh, yeah, the coaches coach, players play. Like, you nailed it, man. There There is a reason certain coaches are as good as they are and stick around as long as they do, like, Nick Saban is one of the best to do it in college football. You think that's just because he gets all good recruits? No, he's a hell of a coach. Like, you see it all the time. Good coaches go to teams, and they just can't 
put it together. They can't be great coaches because something about it, it takes something special to be a head coach of a mixture of the knowledge of football and understanding football, but also understanding how to be like a manager, mm-hmm. like how to, how to deal with personalities, how to deal with discipline, how to deal with all that and not letting one outweigh the other, but to, like divvying up responsibilities and all that stuff. So Zimmer's done a fantastic job. He, I think he's gotten better and better each year as a coach. And I mean, again, I don't think anyone should be calling for his head in Minnesota anytime soon. It's interesting to me the differences between like college coaches and NFL coaches. And not that scheme is not important with college coaches, but you see a lot of college coaches, and I'm not specifically pointing at PJ Fleck, but if you want to take it that way, you can. Uh, Everybody and, poops. And uh, if you didn't see that story, <laughs> find it in the Star Tribune. Oh my gosh. But uh, I don't even want to read the quotes from PJ Fleck about reading his team. Everybody poops, but let's just never <laughs> discuss that ever again. Cause I'm horrified by this. Uh, but there, there in lies the point is that there's a lot of, you know, motivational stuff and recruiting and getting people excited about your program in the NFL, man, it's just scheme. Can you dial up some stuff that's going to beat that other team? Are you prepared to play that team? And when I mentioned about uh, Nick Foles, when I used to do the show with Sage Rosenfels a lot, he would talk about quarterbacks having an answer that Gary Kubiak gives his quarterbacks an answer. So when the other team is designed to blitz and maybe you're thrown off guard a little bit, but you've got an answer for that. Nick Foles had no answers. That's bad coaching. When he's looking around, I don't know where to throw the ball. He's backing up and backing up and backing up and then just heaving it to nowhere. Like that means he didn't have an answer because the pressure didn't come that fast. So uh, with Zimmer, his defensive players have an answer. When they see something, they know where they're supposed to be. And then when it comes to the big situations, they seem to be able to solve offenses, even when they're good offenses, even when it's Seattle, they're, they're finding ways to shut them down on third downs. And maybe you could just explain some of these blitzes and how they work because Nick Foles was truly horrified at the blitzes. And uh, it, it is remarkable to me, Zimmer's ability to continue to kind of reinvent those and consistently be great on third downs for his entire time here, even this year when the defense has struggled. Yeah, so first thing about coaches is one of my buddies, I have one of my favorite quotes tells me, I sent him a video of one of the Nebraska quarterbacks like not doing something great. And I was like, what is it, what is it here? Was it his mechanics? Is he not seeing it? He goes, well, it's either coached or allowed. And I, I think that's a great quote. Yeah. Like it's either coached or allowed. It's not, it's not one or the other. Like the coach either is coaching him to do it that way or he's letting him get away with it. And I think that's sometimes what makes a great coach is they don't allow that stuff to happen. Like mm-hmm. this is my team. This, this ain't happening. I'll find someone else that'll do it my way. I think Zimmer's done that. I mean, Zimmer's shown the willingness to let certain guys walk or let certain guys that won't do it his way not onto the field. And so I think that's one thing, too, is he's like, look, like you said, this is the NFL. Like, I didn't kiss your ass to get here and say, hey, come here and you're going to be awesome. It's like, no, you're going to come here, do things my way. We're going to win football games or I'll find someone else who will. Right. And that's kind of been his way. And he's crusty and curmudgeon and the whole bit. But it works like it, it works in. Then you can flip it to the other side. Pete Carroll's going to love on you and hug on you, but, like, it works, right? Like, each coach that is elite has whatever works for them. So, yeah, so his schemes, by the way, you, I mean, they're not, they're not difficult, but there's a lot of them. And I think that's sometimes what throws off guys with the Bears and, I mean, a lot of deep offenses is everyone's like, okay, yep, they lined up in double mug, here it comes. Well, there's about – five to ten variations of what blitz can actually come from that so if you're an offense and you're game planning for third down you're like okay what what does he have dialed up this week like what is on his play chart and you're going to practice all of them 
because you don't know which one's coming. Right. But you also don't know what wrinkle he's going to put in there. I mean, I've seen Sperano was great at it. He would go back and look up for blitzes from like, Oh, six. Like we're playing <laughs> Dallas. He's like, hey, they're going to run this one blitz. It's like, Tony, you came to see the numbers on this. And he's like, no. And I can't tell you the amount of times he was right. And it, like an old coordinator that like goes back to the well. And Zimmer has this arsenal of he knows he can go to any blitz, even if maybe they didn't practice it all week. Right. right. Maybe they haven't practiced it in two years, but he knows between Kendricks and especially when bars out there and Harrison and Anthony Harris, like the main blitzers that have been in this scheme for a long time. Like, he knows that he can go to it and go, hey, we need a big stop here. Let's go to something we haven't ran in two years. or not going to be ready for it. Bam. And, and I think that's one thing. I mean, you've got twisting. You've got four from one side. You've got the look from four from one side, and they bring two from the other and drop guys out. And yes. It's yep. so complex, like, but it's so simple. And it just takes a ton of preparation to do that. And when you've got a new play caller like Chicago had, you've got a quarterback that really hasn't played a ton against the Vikings. I mean, he's played a couple times. And you're starting to see, like, the genius of Mike Zimmer come out and understanding what to attack. Or he looks – I know one thing he definitely was big on is tendencies. Hey, if they're lining up in three-by-one or they're lining up in two-by-two two and Jimmy Graham motions this, like, their tendencies to run XYZ play. So if you see it, Kendricks, and he usually puts it on – I remember it was Greenway. It was – when Greenway was there, it was Kendricks and then Barr. Like, if you see it, like, I trust you to check to the splits mm-hmm. and, like, let's hit him in the face. Like, let, let's know, like, hey, this tendency is they're going to run Jimmy Graham over the crossing, and they're going to put Allen Robinson on the post. Like, hey, if you blitz from this side, the back has to protect on this side. You're going to be a free runner, and you're going to hit him. Hmm. And check to it. I know you can do it. And that's when you see Kendricks, Harry, checking around, check palms, check whatever, because they trust each other to do that, and Zimmer trusts them or not, which I think when they lost Barr, they lost a little piece of that. But I think yeah. Eric Wilson's starting to get back up the speed where they can go back to that stuff. So really cool to see Zimmer giving a little bit of trust back to them. And, again, just seeing the genius defense that is Mike Zimmer, everyone that's like, oh, you got to change. It's like, no, he just has to adjust. Like, no, he doesn't have to change, not back to the drawing board. He just has to adjust it a little bit. Again, playing with his pieces, the checkers, not chess thing, like just getting back to it. I was going to ask your opinion of Eric Wilson and the future there, um, because still at four and five, I think there are conversations about the future to continue to be had. Um, And with Eric Wilson, the way he's played compared to what Anthony Barr is set to make in the future, I don't expect them to get rid of Anthony Barr because of how much Mike Zimmer appreciates what he can do. And he has told us, I don't know, 30 times over the years, you guys don't give him enough credit. Like, I think we do. I don't know who you're talking about, but anyway, um, that's always a, that's always a funny like reporter (laughs) thing. It's like, we're asking about it though. So I think we, we might anyway. Uh, but he love he loves Anthony Barr. He sees that him as a versatile weapon. He, it's very rare that someone is six five, two hundred and fifty or sixty pounds and can run a four five and just yeah. you know all that sort of stuff. Um, but Eric Wilson is good. And in terms of how much that player is worth cap space wise, with a cap going down, this is where it gets really tricky. And I just wonder if there is going to be some butting of heads between a general manager and a cap guy who go, you know. Eric Wills is pretty good. We could just resign him for less. And a head coach who is saying, don't you dare take my favorite player. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be questions that are, I mean, those are the tough questions and those are what make the good GM special, right? Those are what GMs that find ways to keep teams together and keep personnel groups together. That's what makes those guys. That's why they pay them the big bucks, right? I mean, they have to make the tough decisions, but 
I agree. Anthony Barr is a piece that you can build an entire defense around. I mean, he's a guy that can do something. He can rush the passer off the edge with good pass rush moves. He can cover a back. He can run with the receiver. I mean, not Cooper Cup, as we saw last year. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can do yeah. a lot of special things. And I, there's nothing wrong with having three really solid linebackers. Yeah. I mean, because if you, if you want to stay in your base defense, say you want to stay in your base defense when they run 11, and you know you can have Eric Wilson who can run, Anthony Barr who can run, and Kendrick's in the middle. Like, you can throw different things at the offense is that they're not used to seeing. So having three of those guys is really not a bad thing, especially with Anthony Barr's injury history. Like you're not going to be able to trust him to get through a whole season until he proves that he can. So I, I love what Eric Wilson has done. I think he's stepped up to the plate big time. He's done a lot of nice things in the past game. Still struggles sometimes with his run fits because um, he is a little bit smaller. But that's a guy that I think has a really high ceiling that hasn't even touched it yet. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is in full swing, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So Wilson is a free agent after this year, so I think that might be hard to afford everybody, and they'll have a tough decision. I think that's why they drafted Troy Dye, is to have that other guy who is more, instead of a Ben Gideon-type run stopper, more of a coverage guy, which I think is smart because teams are using more double tight ends and, and things like that. Um, so uh, let me ask you two more things. Number one is give me your take on Pat Elfline, a Jet, and – how weird that was. That whole thing is weird. Uh, and Gary Kubiak says, well, he's not really looking great in practice coming off the injury, but yet, you know, your backup guard right now is Brett Jones, who has not played guard since I think 2017, maybe, and also is not faster than me. And uh, the 
uh, your other guard is Drew Samia, which you don't want to ever see on the field again. So, I mean, I, I'm a little surprised. And, and the report initially from Ian Rappaport said they want to give him an opportunity to play somewhere else. Like, wait a minute, is this a, is this a charity? Like, I thought you'd want to have as much offensive line depth as you could going forward. So the whole thing is bizarre to me. And now he's a Jet. So good for him, I guess. I mean, I, I think it's it's something to be said that the first team on waivers claimed him. Yeah. I think yep. there is something to be said about that. He is a good player. He is a solid player. He can play a lot of positions. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets put him back at center. On Honestly, yes. they're struggling yes. a little bit there at center. I think that, again, that's Pat's main position. If you if you ask me, Pat's a center. Yep, and they asked him to do a lot, and he did everything for that football team that they asked him to do. They moved guards. He did it. He did, and I, I know Pat. He wasn't raising a stink. I talked to him since he left. He, he There was no bad blood. He's excited for his new opportunity. But weird to me again weird it's I think that maybe it was just kind of a mutual like you know you're not super happy here we can tell we're probably not super happy with the way you performed we have some young guys in Ezra Cleveland that's playing really well Dozier's kind of turned a corner a little bit become a little bit more solid like okay we're just gonna move on here I get another guy who's gonna be a free agent next year right I I mean he's gonna be a free agent so I think they'd said okay we're not even gonna struggle with trying to resign you not resign you because we're obviously not even gonna be able to meet at a number you could just tell like Pat was gonna want starting money they probably gonna try and offer him backup money like there's probably already those talks so I think that probably had a lot to do with it on top of the but the depth thing is weird to me because you must really trust Brett Jones or you must just be praying to God every single night that a guard <laughs> right. does not get hurt. Right. Uh, and, and that's the piece. Is like There's still a lot of ball left to be played this year um, to be not super confident in your backups unless uh, Drew Samia has made progress. In, I can't say it. I, I just no, I can't. No, I, I, no. You, just, you can't. You after tried. the performance that he's put out there, you can't say I'm relying on this guy. And you want to rely on your backups so that when things happen, you don't skip a beat. So weird to me. I'm glad Pat's getting an opportunity because I love that kid. He was my rookie when I got there. I took him under my wing. Um, I'd be at his wedding whenever it gets rescheduled for the fifth time. So <laughs> um, I'm excited for him, but sad to see him go in purple. That's not a uh, Pam and Roy office thing. That's COVID related. That's a, right? that's that's a vid. That's, that's the vid rearing its ugly head. Hmm. Uh, I was just looking up how many snaps you played in 2017 as the uh, backup guard a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. 366. Backup guards play. That's yes. what I don't get is yes, you are – somebody falls on your ankle. I mean, you have uh, a finger get caught in someone's face mask. That's happened before. Um then all of a sudden you're out and oh god oh that was your hand that you showed me I that is my that. finger that got caught I have a very oh. broken bad oh my finger. god that is yeah. horrifying yeah yeah it's caught going, a face mask so like you said it I happens. wow am glad I only saw that and no one else <laughs> it is going the completely wrong direction yep. and I'll send you a picture you can post it ugh. uh Okay, that threw me off. Um, but anyway, backup so backup, backup guards help because <laughs> people get hurt, and that's all. So <laughs> I, if you got to put in Drusamia again, you are right back to not in a good place. Uh, last thing, um, as this goes sideways, literally, uh, you sticking with seven and nine after last night? That was your pick. Made you yep. pick the schedule. You staying with seven and nine? You're yes. good with that. Yep. Yeah. All right. I mean, what do you have it at? Seven and nine. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, again, it's they they played great against the against the Packers. They did. They played their best game of the season across all, and they beat the Packers by six points, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, but they played as best as they could. And again, 
it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. Have we reached our growth curve ceiling? Like, have we reached that point, or is there still more to go? If there's still more to go, to go sure, maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. But I don't see us all of a sudden turning a magical corner and running the table here. I, right. I don't. I hope I'm wrong. Sure, I hope I'm wrong, and everyone's tweeting me going, "Hey, you're an idiot." Blah 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 blah. But I, I just don't see it. I don't see it from looking at it right now. I just I can't confidently say we're going to make it happen. Whatever you just saw in football is usually a lie, and yeah. so you know you can kind of talk yourself into a lot of things, but it changes quickly. Tampa Bay gets killed by the Saints. They go out the next week, kill somebody else. Like this mm-hmm. is kind of how it works. And you go back a couple weeks. They lose to Atlanta, and I've just – this is Kirk Cousins' history. His history is, uh-oh, he just had a couple of the worst games, and you need to get rid of him. And then, oh, but some <laughs> gr- amazing, great games, new contract extension, right? Yeah. It's just like this constant roller coaster, and over a whole career of almost 100 starts now, it's the good games and the bad games and the good games and the bad games. So if there's a bad game or two out of seven – you're out of the playoffs. And so I think that that probably will happen, even though they have shown a lot of progress here. Jeremiah Searles, uh, thank you as always for your time. Great stuff. And I'm sorry about your finger. No hate to see it. Oh, okay. I wasn't. All right. All right. I'm, I, I had one. Okay. This yeah. All right. Great. Great, great. Yeah. All right. All right. You hate to see it. DeAndre Hopkins just <laughs> mossing my boys at the end of the three game. of them. Just destroying their hearts. You hate to see that. You love to see, and I tell me if I'm wrong, the PJ Fleck effect wearing off in <laughs> Minneapolis. I think I think oh. people, it's great when you're winning. Like I said, when you're winning, if you're having a season like you did last year and your coach says, hey, go poop out on the field, you're going to go poop on the field because you're winning. Because it turns but, into fertilizer. Because it turns into fertilizer and it grows. And it grows Again, if you haven't read vegetable. the article, tweet me all screenshots of the shots. It's Horrible. remarkable. Horrifying, remarkable, same thing. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, so those are my two love and hate to see us this week. Okay, great. Uh, I will give you my you love to see it is um, Kevin Stefanski is 6-3. and three. Yes. A tremendously ugly win, 10-7 to seven over the Houston <laughs> Texans in the worst Cleveland weather. But he is 6-3 and three with a franchise that has refused to win since basically it came back and done everything it could. Uh, and you hate to see it, the NFC East. For mm-hmm. God's sake, is there no mercy <laughs> in this world? One of these freaking teams gets in the playoffs. I mean, this is... How is it possible that one of these teams will be allowed in the postseason? And and the owners even discussed this in the competition committee of like, maybe we should just like not let one of these teams that's going to have five wins and get in the playoffs. And they shot it down. So sorry, Vikings, if you go nine and seven and miss the playoffs and the Eagles have five wins or the Giants have five wins and get in, uh, life is not fair sometimes. But you actually hate to see that. Like this oh, system is broke. If they if the NFC East has one more primetime game this year, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> you mean Maction? NFL oh, Maction? Gosh, dude. I'd rather watch Maction. I would oh, rather yeah. watch Maction on a Tuesday night yeah. than watch the NFC East in primetime again. Maction's great. The last Maction game I saw a team scored on a fake spike. Like they faked yeah. like they were that was after that Toledo went up 10 points. Yeah, that was great. Also, last hate to see it if you owned Nick Chubb in fantasy and you needed that six points oh, to win your game. Went out of bounds to the one. Didn't, and you didn't do it. Mm. I, can only, I feel your pain. I don't play fantasy because I get too upset about losing, and mm. uh, but I do enjoy other people's misery. So yeah, I'm in three leagues. It's too many. <laughs> three leagues. 
Uh, all right. Well, great stuff. We will do it again next week when you actually have the benefit of watching the tape. But see, it's fun to just let loose and throw out the hot takes. Just throw it out there. <laughs>